welcome back to another episode of the New Era Leafs podcast. With you, as always, myself, Joey Kanji, and Gordon Monroe. And Gordon, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty hyped. One of my favorite times of the year. Yeah, yeah, playoff time, baby. It sucks we kind of have to wait till uh, Thursday, though. Oh, my God, it's awful. Like, especially seeing, like, these first few games and how good they were. Oh, I know. And it's just like... It's just like, oh my god! Like I have to wait like another five days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you you can tell, or I I can tell at least that I'm really hyped because I watched uh, the tail end there of the uh, Islanders Pens game, and I, I'm even watched a friggin' Golden Knights uh, Wild game. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like this year, especially, like I haven't really watched much of like other teams that aren't in the North Division. <laughs> Not even like other teams in North Division when the Leafs weren't playing because blackouts exist, which is stupid. Um, yeah. But yeah, like we have like to, to put into perspective how how hyped I am. I was cleaning my room this morning. I opened my closet and I remember to have this big Maple Leafs flag. Yeah. And I replaced and I took down my 2019 Toronto Raptors championship banner. Unfortunately, but I'm like, nah, I got to be all in. So I put up my yeah. big Maple Leafs flag behind me right now. <laughs> nice. You know, maybe uh, maybe you'll get to have a 2021 Leafs championship banner soon. Exactly. That That's that's what we need right there. But yeah, anyways, we got to wait until Thursday because stupid Vancouver and Calgary, like idiots. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I know we were talking about this off uh, just before we started recording, like how dumb it is that like these that these meaningless games are getting in the way of like the Leafs playing and, and the other Canadian teams like starting their series. Like I find that so stupid. Like I know in the, in the MLB, like if a situation like this were to happen or if there's games that are meaningless and have, will have like no impact on the standings at all, they just cancel the games at the end of the season. Yeah, I mean that's what they should do. Just like go if it's by gonna, points percentage. Yeah, like if it's going to drag into like the like into the playoffs and stuff. Like if they have to make up any games and if they don't mean anything, they just don't play them. Yeah, and like it, it just seems like such an easy slam dunk answer. You either cancel them and go by points percentage, or you play them how you're playing them now. You know, at one p.m. and then so then you can have you know the uh, the Canadian teams games that evening like i it just seems mm-hmm. like such an easy solution but the nhl just has to i don't know i guess has to make the the, mm-hmm. the vancouver canucks and calgary flames who are fighting i guess for a draft position um you know they, they have to make that the focal point for the next five days until the leafs uh can play again i know it's insane i, I don't i don't understand it like yeah, whatever. The Leafs and Habs will both be rested, but at the same time, it's like they're like, it's like you don't want to be sitting too long either. And like waiting, waiting six days between games is like a lot, especially when you're all fired up and stuff. Yeah, right. Like, like we're it's probably going to be kind of how you'd expect, right? Always the first game after a long break. You're just, you know, it's a little sluggish the first period. You yeah, know, you're kind you don't of want that. Mark and you don't want that in a playoff game. Yeah, especially when it's like Toronto, Montreal. Like, yeah. Two historic rivals who haven't played together in decades. Nineteen seventy-eight, I think, was the last. Yeah, last time they met in the playoffs. Yeah, right. And so it's like it's just insane to me that they would friggin' mm-hmm. that they do this. They rob us all or make us all wait for it. It just feels like a 
I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel worth it to me, like to to have them play a couple games for a couple teams that are sitting at the bottom of the division. Well, like I understand to an extent because, like, I understand that like these teams in the NHL has contracts saying that there's going to be this mm-hmm. many for like their sponsors saying there's going to be this many regular season games. So I get having to do them, but don't let it get in the way of the playoffs. Yeah, no, exactly. It just seems, yeah, it, it just seems like a waste of time. Like, and yeah, and and, and like we said earlier too about the uh, one of the solutions being play them earlier on in the day, so then you have you know that evening to play the Canadian division, you know, games. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyways, let's get into it. This is our uh, playoff preview, uh, round one preview at the very least uh, episode of New Era Leafs. And yeah, what better way to start than having two Leafs fans debate uh, lineups? Because that's all Twitter is, basically. <laughs> yeah, fighting over who's going to be uh, the friggin' 12th forward and 6th defenseman. Oh, yeah. I love that. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, for those of you listening and you didn't know, I wrote an article about this and what I think the line should look like for the website. I will link it in the description of this podcast. So if you want to check it out, go and click that link. And uh, yeah, so what Gordon did too is he created his own lines. Mm-hmm. And we're going to kind of compare to see where we're at and maybe have a bit a bit of debate about if, if we have any differences in it. Um, I don't think there's many differences. I haven't seen Gordon's yet, but we see eye to eye on a lot of things. So yeah, uh, so yeah we'll see. Um, we'll get this out of the way. I'm pretty sure we all have the same top line, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hyman, Marner, Matthews. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. Yeah. No, I have that same line. Yeah, like you're not going to change that up. Matthews and Marner have been probably one of the most uh, dynamic duos in the league uh, this season, especially. And mm-hmm. when you have uh, Zach Hyman on that line, too, it just adds like a whole nother level to that line. Yeah, he's just a perfect compliment. And like the only way that I'd even be comfortable with him moving that around is like, you know, heading into the third period, you're down by a goal or whatever. You kind of want to jumble up the lines a little bit or they're kind of having an off night. You know, that's the only real reason that I would mm-hmm. see um, for them to change it or injuries and things like that. You want to juggle around the lines, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like none of these lines are going to be like 100% like game shift in and shift out. Like this is what they're going to look like. Like, especially mm-hmm. with Sheldon Keefe as the coach, he likes to juggle things up. Yeah. But just this is like a basic outline, I guess. Um. Anyways, who do you have as your second forward line? Uh, so this is where I think we differentiate a little bit. Uh, right. I have Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander. See, I don't hate that. I just think I, that would be my combination if mm. I thought that somebody else was going to be in the lineup, which I think you have them in the lineup. Yeah, yeah, I do. Because mm-hmm. I have I have Galchenyuk with Tavares and Elander. And honestly, like, I think Kerfoot is at his best when he's playing on Tavares' wing. Like, I think he's had some of his best games as a Leaf playing alongside him. So mm-hmm. I definitely do not hate that at all, what you have. But I just think Galchenyuk has done more than enough to earn, like, a spot to at least lose. Like, he he's deserved, like, the benefit of the doubt. Like, he to at least start the playoffs. 
Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And to be honest, like my lines, I, I'm 100% going off. Um, the, like there was uh, the Steve Dangle podcast last week had Chris Johnson on and mm-hmm. he seemed pretty convinced that Galchenyuk wasn't going to play. So I, there, there's a little bit of that bias playing yeah. in there. You see, I made my uh, article before that. So <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. For me, I was just, hey, it's a little bit of hindsight in there. Um, and I don't know, like, I, I just, I feel that Kerfoot, yeah, like you said, you know, is that his best there? But I, I definitely wouldn't hate having Galchenyuk up there. I really like Galchenyuk, and I really like how he compliments uh, Tavares Nylander. Yeah, and he brings, like, I mean, Kerfoot does also bring this too, but mm-hmm. Galchenyuk is a more skilled version of it. Like, he's a bit of a pest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's always in there on the four check and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, he he does have that extra skill level as well. You know, he can make the really nice passes and things like that. And Yeah. The only thing is Kerfoot brings more defensive stability to that line than what Galchenyuk would. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I don't hate what you have either. But um, so I guess that means that you have Riley Nash as your third line center. Yeah. Yes, I do. All right. So, yeah. So who you have on on their, on his wings? Uh, so, the yeah, I have uh, Felino on the left wing and Mikheyev on the right. Um, I just personally think that'd be a really good shutdown line. And from everything I've seen, it feels like Riley Nash is going to play like game one. So mm-hmm. I don't know though, but I, I remember when we first got him, like it didn't look like he'd be ready until at least like halfway through the first round, mm-hmm. but I guess things have progressed well with him. Um, unless he really wasn't really injured and it was just some cap finagling there, but which is very possible, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Right. But yeah, like, I so I had um the same wingers as you um uh Felino and, and Mikheyev. I just had Kerfoot up the middle. I just didn't think that um Riley Nash would come in and take someone out of the lineup right away because I feel like no one has really played themselves out of a lineup spot, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. The only argument I've seen against Galchenyuk um, from some people, and I mean, like, I don't agree with this really. It's just that his point production has kind of dipped a little bit. But, but if you look at the underlyings, though, like he's creating offense. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that I agree mm-hmm. there for sure. Yeah, so to me, that's like, I don't know. To me, like, I don't, I don't hate these lines, anyways. Like the ones that you have either. Like mm-hmm. I even said in my article that I think it's very possible that Riley Nash does play in the first game, and then. I explained how that would look and it's the exact way that you have them. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. As a third line center, it, it just feels like they want that third line to be a shutdown line. And I yeah. mean, like, that's kind of what all Riley Nash gives you. He's well, I mean, like if you do that with, uh, I mean, the thing is if you do that with Kerfoot, you'd still have like that defensive stability, but you'd also have like, you'd also have some offense at least. Cause I know that cause Kerfoot can drive his own line, not to the extent of like a John Tavares or like an Austin Matthews, but he still can. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, I mean, mm-hmm. like, like you've seen that, uh, I think, I think it's Engvall Kerfoot McKay of line like that. Yeah. I mean, that plays relatively well. And even like uh, like Nick Felino too, like he has some offensive prowess as well. So that's why, like that's what that's what my thinking was when I was creating my lines is that like if you do Riley Nash, like I don't know how much offense you're gonna get out of that line with with at least if you have Kerfoot and on that line, you'd have at least something offensively if you need it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I and mean, I mean, I mean, of course, with McKay up there too, right? His speed can just oh, his speed really is such a play. like. 
Oh, can you talk about him for a second? Because I've seen a lot of people say like he's useless and he shouldn't be on the team, basically. <laughs> but yeah. like his speed alone is such an asset. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's it's incredible. Like, like I mm-hmm. mean, he like who's he faster just... than him? Who can you say definitively in the league is faster than him? McDavid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably McDavid, to be honest. Uh, I think I mean, he's faster like, than Kapanen was. Yeah, I'd say so too. Honestly, I think the only thing that would make him, I, but he's like deceptively fast in in like mm-hmm. the way that Kapanen isn't, um, which is like the only real thing there. Which is the only thing that kind of holds me up there. But he's definitely, I'd say, definitively in the top five fastest players in the game right now. Yeah, like that alone is such an asset. Like, I especially like in a potential series against like Edmonton to have like mm-hmm. someone who can match McDavid's speed would is oh, like super valuable. And like, not even that, like what he brings, like as a defensive forward, like I don't even think he's terrible offensively because he creates a lot of chances. He just can't finish. Yeah, he, he just has no hands. It's like literally, um, and like, I've seen people say I, it before. It's like, it's like Michael Grabner. Mm-hmm. Well, like I feel bad for him too, because I think a lot of that has to do with the injury he suffered last season. Yeah, most likely. Because that, that was like a terrible wrist injury, right? And like from what I've known from people who have had like wrist injuries and hearing from mm-hmm players on the Leafs like Austin Matthews who've had like wrist injuries they just linger on for like so much longer than like what what like they're injured like for what they're out for mm-hmm. oh yeah for sure and I mean I, I didn't have anything near Mikheyev but like I broke my wrist in grade eight and there's still times where like you know you you're just lifting quite a bit you know that day you know bulking up mm-hmm. no, I'm just kidding but like actually just like lifting stuff you know doing work around the house and there's still sometimes where I'm like you know my wrist just kind of feels off at the end of the day um, and it's specifically the wrist I broke, like not any, not the other one. Yeah, exactly. Like it's, yeah, like I kind of feel bad for him because he does have, like we saw last year too, like he, he had like a pretty good season production wise. And oh, like yeah. before, before he went down with the injury and like, what was he on? He was on a, he was on a 20 goal pace. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was like a half point a game roughly. Right. Like, yeah. So like he does have the finishing, like hopefully next year and like stuff like it comes back to him because I love him as a player, man. Like he he's, he's far too valuable to keep out of the lineup. Yeah. And I mean, even when he's not doing offensive, like, he's, you know, he's playing offensively, great. he's great defensively. Yeah. Yeah. And he's great on the penalty kill too. Like he kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, not to the same degree. Right. But it's kind of like having Marner out there, right? Like having him, you know, he can create the two on ones and things like that going the other way um, yeah. on the penalty kill. Exactly. Yeah. So like he's super valuable and the same was being said about about Kerfoot too. Like I've seen some people make their playoff lines with like Kerfoot out of them too. And like, he's another guy too, who's like deceptively quick and yeah very good defensively as well and can be a bit of a jerk as we mentioned earlier yeah exactly and um not to the same degree but like i mean we don't have them in our lines but like i've seen similar hate to Engvall. um Mm -hmm. no i mean that's a little bit more justified but you know even him right he's and i think there's a trend here right all these guys might not be the highest producing players but they're all really good defensively and they're all yeah. PK, you know, ability. I said, like they're they're the type of players will where you would re- you're you're really going to start to see their value in the in playoff time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so anyways, do we? Ha- I think we have the same fourth line, right? Yeah, Thornton, Spezza, Simmons. Yeah, imagine yeah. this line like like 10, 15 years ago. You know, <laughs> oh, that, I don't, I don't think Simmons line. was in the league 15 years ago, but like 10 years ago, this line, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, that would have been the first line 10 years ago. Dude, that would have been one of the top lines in, in all of hockey 10 years ago if you had Spezza, Thornton, and Simmons. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It would have been, it would have destroyed worlds. Mm-hmm. And like, I've seen other people online saying how like they, they had Simmons not in their playoff lines. And I'm like, what? That would negate the entire purpose of the signing. Yeah. Like, I don't know. For me, the only thing I saw was I wouldn't mind like kind of platooning. Um, or, or like kind of taking, I, I was kind of in that train, but mm-hmm. like after thinking about it a little bit more, yeah, the only player on that line that I'd kind of be good, you know, with uh, kind of bringing in and out of the lineup is someone like uh, Thornton. He's like really he, the only one. I mean, I think Thornton has kind of played himself into being an everyday playoff player. Mm-hmm. Oh just yeah, but I mean, if he starts the streak, he's like he's he's been picking it up production wise, like in the last like ten games of the season. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it like he was on an eight-game It was a seven-game uh, point streak, point streak yeah. which was the highest active one when, when it was at, uh, at the tail end of it. <laughs> Jeez. I mean, yeah. like, like he, he mm-hmm. He's definitely playing well. It's just, I don't know. For me, I, uh, I, I, me, mean, I can definitely see that he would slow down a little bit. Oh, definitely he can. But, like, to me, like, I think he brings, like, I hate I hate this word, but he brings mm-hmm. those intangibles that like yeah like but like those like legitimate ones too where like we saw what he did with Ehlers a few weeks ago right oh yeah like how oh, he can yeah. just like like I, like stuff like that is valuable in the playoffs like if you get under the skin of like some of the best players on the other team and then like take a coincidental with them and you're like Thornton and you take out like like I don't know someone on the Habs who's actually good like Toffoli <laughs> yeah oh yeah yeah if you can get under Toffoli's skin and like or even really anybody um, yeah like like anyone in their top six's skin, you know. Like like even if you're just out there for a couple shifts a game, and you're just you know? getting you just you're just riding like like Suzuki or something, and he just snaps and slashes your ankles, and you draw a penalty, or and he's just in his head for the rest of the game and stuff. Like just throw him off their game. Like like I feel like that's like something that's super important that like not everybody can bring. And Joel Thornton's like so good at that. He's he's sneakily been like so good at that his whole career. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I I think one of the big times was uh, maybe like the 2014 Olympics. I want to say where like he was kind of playing a more bottom six role, and he was like throwing his weight around, you know. Um, yeah. And I mean, he was relatively old then too, um, but he was you know throwing his body around and stuff of like that a little bit. Yeah, like it's like like same can be said about Simmons, right? Like mm-hmm. like say what you want about like physical play and all that. Like I know there's a lot of people that like think that it doesn't matter, but I think it does matter in the playoffs because the intensity is like so much higher. Like I don't know if you have the Tampa Bay and Florida game on in front of you right now, but yeah, the do. first five minutes is super physical. Yeah, right. And even uh earlier, like like literally it ended an hour and a half ago, the uh the uh the Tampa or Tampa, the Vegas, Vegas uh Minnesota game. Yeah, like there was I think like over a hundred plus hits throughout that game. Like yeah, like the intensity just like gets that much higher and it's good to have people who can just like play that physical game. Like like yeah. whether whether you agree with it or not, that's just like how it is. And it's good to have those those players. Like obviously not at the at the at the expense of skill, which is what mm-hmm. I do not like personally. Like you don't need like a Colton or like a Fraser McLaren out there. Scott Sabrin. <laughs> yeah, Scott Sabrin playing five minutes a night for no reason. But yeah. like 
but like yeah but like if you have players like Thornton and, and Simmons who can like contribute offensively too and like while yeah. while playing like the agitator role like it, it I, I don't hate it at all yeah and I mean that's something I was going to bring up too like they do have that sort of physical element. You know, if you can have someone like a, a Simmons and a Thornton kind of throwing hits, um, mm-hmm. it's really valuable. But also, you know, like Spezza, I think, was like, our, what, are like seventh highest scoring player maybe or something yeah, like that? Yeah, like Spezza's been like unreal this year, like vintage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like he's just mm-hmm. really friggin' good. More points than, um, uh, <laughs> than Josh Anderson. Yeah, yeah, literally. And it's like... And he's making league min, which is awesome. But oh, I mean, he, obviously, can you name a better a better contract right now? A better one year contract at the very least, like yeah. more bang for your buck. Like there isn't one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. I mean, people obviously bring up the McKinnon and stuff, but I mean, like, I don't think there's a better league min player right now. There's not a better. I don't think there's a better player making two million dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just, it's so insane. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And, and I feel like with someone as skilled as Thornton is with like dishing out the puck and stuff, and like mm-hmm. the playmaker that, that Spezza is as well, who also has a super underrated shot, by the way. Oh yeah. And like, and like it's with Simmons, like who can just like create havoc in front of the net. Like that's a line that can be pretty dangerous. Like I know they will be pretty suspect defensively, but if you give them like offensive zone starts and stuff, just to like, give like the top two lines like a breather if they need it and they mm-hmm. can just go out run a muck for like a for like about like 45 seconds a minute do what they need to do create a scoring chance keep the puck deep and then force another face off into the zone to bring in like austin matthews or whatever and the yeah. austin matthews line and then like that, that if they do that all series long you can ask for a better fourth line Oh yeah, exactly right. And I, it's weird to kind of to kind of talk about a uh, a line with like two players in their late third or yeah, one player in his early thirties, one player in his late thirties, and one player in his like his early forties as a an, an an energy line. Simmons is in but, his uh, is in his early thirties, but they're a rough yeah. early thirty. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's thirty two. Hard yeah, miles. Obviously. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Like again, still a useful player. I thought he really picked up his game over the last like like ten. 15 games of the season oh yeah no i i definitely think so too i mean he started off really good uh he kind of in the middle part after that injury obviously because it's after the injury it was a little rough but yeah no i definitely agree he definitely picked up his uh his play mm-hmm. yeah so i i don't know like that lineup makes me excited we did have the that one difference with galchenyuk and nash but like i said like like that would have been my my second choice for the lines mm-hmm yeah, and and I mean, I I don't I don't really think you can go wrong just with how like deep this team is. Mm-hmm. Even if like, you look at like the the scratches and stuff too, like if you look at the forward scratches, like like Engvall, you can probably slot in anywhere in that top and then sorry anywhere in that bottom six if you need it. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, I agree. Probably yeah, literally anywhere in that bottom six, you can play any forward position. Um, yeah, and I mean, you got someone like Dennis Mulgan who came over, and and like, I, I mean, people kind of gave crap about it, uh, just given how Marchment's played in Florida. But I mean, uh, Mulgan, like, he, he still has skill. He played really well in uh, in the Swiss League this year. Yeah, he's he's one of those like he's a smaller player, but he brings a lot of skill if you need that. Um, in my article, I listed Robertson as a scratch who might be able who might get into a couple games. Like if they're like, let's say like if they're, I don't see this happening, but if they're pretty desperate for offense or whatever, put mm-hmm. in slot in um, a player like Robertson and with his shot and everything, like it could surely spark a team. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I could see that too. I, th- I think, I think he'll definitely be more of like a last resort kind of thing, just given mm-hmm. uh, the fact that they clearly don't want to burn this year of his contract. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why they sent him down. And so he's, I think he's definitely going to be in that second line left wing role come, mm-hmm. come next season, like permanently, but yeah, I think so too. But yeah. And like, and then like, even then he already said Engvall, you can, you can slot in, um, and then, and then there's Galchenyuk for you. Yeah, Adam Brooks has looked really good, especially centered between uh, uh, Spezza and Thornton. I thought I thought that line was really really good when they were together. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, so so I mean, you just can't go wrong really with any of their players. Mm-hmm. And, and like this Marlins... is oh sorry sorry and, was, and, and like this is like a like a like a last resort like there's injuries and you need somebody but like even like putting in like like uh nosen i, I mm-hmm. think that's how you say his name like he played that one game with the leaf so far i don't think he looked terrible yeah i mean limited minutes but yeah no for sure i definitely agree and like the I've thing is he's, he's an nhler <laughs> like yeah. you're not just calling up like this random guy who's never played in the nhl before like no like i think he's like a, a legitimate like depth nhler who can come in and and in a bottom six role and be pretty useful if you need it. Yeah. And I, and I mean, same sort of deal with uh, someone like anti Suomela, who they also got and uh, Joey mm-hmm. Anderson as well. Yeah. For Janssen. Uh, yeah. Those are all players who's, who have played uh, NHL games. Yeah. And, and so they just have so much depth. And I mean, on, on defense, did you, uh, did you want to go over our D pairings now? Yeah. 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 We'll do that now. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think they're the exact same <laughs> top line. I got a uh, Riley Brody. Yeah. Uh, say what you want about Riley Brody, but um, like Riley defensively definitely has his warts, mm-hmm. but <laughs> he is the best, probably one of the best offensive defensemen in the league, which getting that offense getting created like from the blue line is is very it's very useful like i think like no matter how bad he is defensively in the offensive zone it's useful yeah and and i think this year because i mean one of the big issues they've had um you know in previous series is that a lot of times they have someone like riley playing with like a cc um hainsey mm-hmm. you know guys who can't move the puck out but this year they have brody who can move the puck out and is also amazing defensively like one of the oh. better defensive defensemen in the league yeah a hundred percent and like i was gonna say like like they strangely like they're so different, but they complement each other well because you get that high offense, high octane from from Riley, who's just go, go, go offense. And then you have like and then you have like Brody, who's like there, like keeping keeping a check on like the odd man rushes and stuff, which I think he's done a pretty good job of all all season long, like with the odd man rushes and stuff when Riley would go in and pinch. And another thing yeah. I found, too, is that the forwards this year, especially have done a really good job of of noticing the pinch and, and staying back when Riley's being aggressive, which is another reason why I think that the defense has improved so much this season. Yeah. 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 It, it definitely feels like a, a whole kind of team buy-in on defense. It's, mm-hmm. it, it's really nice to see. And like, it's something that we haven't seen in other years. Yeah. Like that's what you get. Like it was a super young team. It still is a, a really young team when you look at the core. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I think their average age is like younger than most yeah, teams. Yeah, so like obviously they're going to mature and learn that 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 you can't just be all offense and that's it. So like you've seen like Matthews take a step defensively. You've seen Marner take a step defensively. Hyman's always been mm-hmm. pretty solid defensively, and like you, 
and like you see um like even even Nylander too yeah like he's he's really picked up a step a step oh, defensively yeah. as well so like 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 i said like it's all it's all maturity and like they're starting to realize that now yeah yeah no i i, I definitely agree Mm-hmm. Uh oh yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> kind of went off from Brody Riley there, but uh, but yeah, second pairing, uh, Muzzin Hole. Yeah, yeah, same. Shot down pair. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. Like Hole has kind of like like he started off the season super strong. I think even like to the point where we thought he was going to be better than he was. He kind of fell down to earth a bit, but at, mm-hmm. like, at the end of the day, he's uh he's still like a pretty sound defensive player who can, who's like really good in transition and like, and like can move the puck pretty well too. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that's, that's a theme uh, that I find at least with the defensive pairings that I think we both, we definitely both have the same defensive pairings, mm-hmm. um, you know, is that both defensemen can move the puck and both defense, you know, and all of them are like, which will give the Habs the way the Habs are built <laughs> nightmares. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, other than Riley, like no one's really that bad defensively either. Yeah. So like, I think Muzzin is the best all around defenseman on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say. And then you have Hall, who's like, he's got that offensive upside because of what he can do with the puck. Like, he's good at, like, going in on the rush and creating offense that way. But he's also, like, really smart about it as well. Like, I think he's smarter about it than Riley is because Riley just kind of goes crazy. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, Riley just (laughs) – oh, God. I, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many times where I've just had so many, you know, so many, like, just yeah, face palm moments, you know? Mm -hmm. Like Riley would be such a good winger, man. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, he'd be elite. Like he'd be mm-hmm. probably one of the best wingers in the NHL. Yeah, and then like, yeah, and then like again, you have Muzzin there too, who's also like got the IQ up there. He can move the puck. He can move the puck well. He's solid on both ends. So it's mm-hmm. they, they, they. I feel like they're a lot of the same, except the Muzzin brings more of a physical presence than Hall does. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And I mean, Muzzin's just. Man, I feel like it's been a while, um, but there usually is at least one really good hit from Muzzin, like one really good, like bone crushing mm-hmm. hit. And I'm kind of excited to see that in the playoffs. I was at that game against the Ducks. It was like his third or fourth game as a Leaf, mm-hmm. but it was like the it was like the welcome to Toronto game from Muzzin when he had that big hit mm-hmm. on Corey Perry and then scored a oh, goal yeah. like two minutes after. Oh yeah, no, I actually remember that. Oh, that was, I was so good. I, I was at that game. It was our buddy Tristan actually. Oh he, yeah. Uh, he it was literally like three hours before the game. He gives me a call. He's like, Hey, my dad's boss has these tickets. He can't go to the game tonight. You wanna go? I was just like, Yeah, sure. Oh, He's like, Okay, hey, I'll be at your house in ten minutes. Let's go. So <laughs> Jeez. Yo, that's so awesome. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, like they were like really good go. seats too. They were like they were like in the lower bowl. <laughs> It was, it was a lot of fun that game. Yeah, I went to I went to one Leafs game when I was like in fourth grade, and like they were like upper bowl too. And I mean, even I've went to a few uh, Oilers games. Upper and, bowl uh, really isn't bad for hockey, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, you can see really freaking well stuff. Yeah, and like the atmosphere. Well, 
uh, in in Toronto at least I think is better in the upper bowl because in the lower bowl it's all just like suits and stuff and like people don't really care. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I mean I could go in on like my uh, my first game, but like I mm-hmm. it, it was really awesome. Like they were very passionate, and, and I mean it yeah. was a pretty bad Leafs team. It was like two thousand seven mm-hmm. or two thousand eight. Well, so. that's why like I love 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 like when times are normal. Me and my mm-hmm. buddies go to like go to like four games a year at like Maple Leaf Square for like the playoffs because it gets so fun there. Like those are like all, like all the, the biggest fans are there and stuff. And it's just like the atmosphere. Oh, it gives me chills talking about it. Oh man. That'd be so sick. I'm I was, actually, uh, I'm so pumped <laughs> to move down there for that. I was there for um, the Tyler Bozak overtime goal in the playoffs to, to give the Leafs a two, one lead against the Capitals. Oh, Dude, it was, geez. it was, it was electric. Like I get, I get chills whenever I see that goal, just because I think about the atmosphere that was down there and stuff. Oh, it's really awesome. I mean, obviously I've never been there, but like for me, um, I, I guess if there was any goal that's given me chills, like from Leafs playoffs, well, I mean, obviously the Matthews goal last year, but Kapanen in his rookie year and like 16, 17 against the Caps. Oh yeah. That's the one I really remember. I watched that game. At home, I remember because mm-hmm. I, I actually had to work. I used to work at Swiss Chalet at the time, like in the oh, like, nice. in the back. Like I was like a line cook there. Yeah, <laughs> and I had a shift, but Swiss Chalet doesn't have any TV, so this Leafs playoff. So like the restaurant was dead, and my yeah. shift was supposed to be at like it was supposed to finish at like ten o'clock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which was supposed to finish at 10 o'clock but it was dead so they're like okay some of you guys can go home so i like ran to the time to like the, like i just ran I'm like yeah i'm going home i have to watch this game i got there i watched like the last two periods of regulation i believe that was the second overtime that he scored and i literally yeah. like like i was watching with my family and like i freaked out <laughs> oh man that was such a good year that was like a really exciting year i, was just I just remember about, oh, man, i was just thinking about it and like i do not want an overtime playoff game for the Leafs because I remember the halt palpitations I was having when I was watching that capital series. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely don't. I mean, mm-hmm. man, it was weird. Like for me, at least like I didn't really have a whole lot of, I didn't feel a whole lot of pressure that first year. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted them to win obviously. And I was like, you know, you just yeah. kind of think about it. Was it was house like, money that year that year was so fun. Mm-hmm. That whole season was so fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. It was, oh, it was so awesome. And I mean, obviously you dream of, you know, beating the Capitals, you know, like they came a close, dynasty man. team at the time, but or not dynasty, but, but yeah. perennial contenders. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they, man, yeah, they came, they so actually awesome. came, they, they came so close that year. They, they almost did it. Six games, six games, crazy. every goal, every single game was a one goal game. Yeah. It was oh, five man. of the six went to overtime. Yeah, it, it it was a really intense series. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyways, uh, third pair. <laughs> oh, the third. Sorry, uh, Sandine Dermott. Uh, yeah, I have that too. Just um, just because I'm not sure if Bo- Bogo will be ready, and if you have Sandine who's come in and played really well this season, the games he had, I don't feel like there's a need to rush Bogo back. Yeah. Uh, I, this is. Uh, I at least I didn't really think about this before, but. Who do you have? Uh, who do you think should come out if Bogo comes back? It depends how how I see them like play and stuff because I think mm-hmm. it depends on the situation too. Like if you see like the intensity is a lot higher than like expected, I think you put Bogo in just because he brings more of that physicality and like it's only, again like I don't mm-hmm. like physicality at the expense of skill, but like 
Bogosian had come in and like completely like shattered my expectations of what he was going to be because he's actually like been like a really good bottom pairing defenseman this year. Oh yeah. He's been amazing. And I mean, all the underlying numbers like kind of point to that too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and, and I mean, even like eye test wise, you know, watching him play, he's mm-hmm. decent at moving the puck. I expected him to be like Cody CC kind of, but no, he's like mm-hmm. actually decent at like, you know, pushing play up the ice. It's funny because you see like this big bearded burly guy. You're like, yeah, there's no way he'd be able to move the puck. And like, you see like how like, it's almost like he's graceful with it and stuff. Like, and it's like, you just don't expect it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like uh, I can't exactly remember, but I feel like I remember watching him like just firing stretch passes down the ice, Mm -hmm. like tape to tape pretty much. Like it's, it's crazy. Like he was, yeah, he's definitely much better. He's probably the, uh, the one player, I guess, that um that kind of exceeded expectations this year. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I did not I thought he was gonna come in and be like a seventh, eighth guy who yeah, maybe play too. like 20, 20, 30 games this year. He was just like like mm-hmm. one of like a depth piece, but like he came in and like was a really good everyday like bottom pairing defenseman. And I was just like you couldn't have asked for like a better year from him. Like, I, like I was cursing the signing when it first happened. I was like, "Why the hell are we doing this?" Yeah, me too. But then, like, and now I'm like, "Can we bring him back?" <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm actually down to like, mm-hmm. like if he, I mean, hell, like, especially depending on the situation revolving uh, the Seattle expansion draft. Like, depending on who they lose, especially, like, mm-hmm. I'd be really down to bring him back. Yeah, me too. Like. Yeah, I'd be down uh, oh. unless there's a team that like stupidly overpays for him because he had a really good year. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If he wants like, like three million dollars, like Jim Benning comes in and gives him five by four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, probably. Oh my. And, and then and then when they uh when they can't sign Quinn Hughes or Elias Pedersen, you know, he's just yeah. Oh, we ran out of time. Sorry. <laughs> so I ran out of time. I ran out of time doing the only thing that I literally need to do. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Oh, man. It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, did you want to talk a little bit actually about the, uh, the Sandine Dermot pairing? Oh yeah. Um, I really like what both of them bring. Like they're both like really good at moving the puck and like quickly transitioning to offense. If, um, like if that, that place leaves strength perfectly, uh, which is just getting the puck to the forwards and creating more chances. Um, but one thing too, that I noticed about, Sandine is like for his lack of experience, he's super patient with the puck, which I really like. Like, yeah. I don't see him forces a zone exit when it's not there. He'll always like circle back behind the net and kind of regroup, make sure that like he doesn't turn the puck over and stuff. Like he's super responsible with the puck for, for someone as young as he is, which is just like, which is it's so nice to see. Like, I think he's like such a good, such a good player. Yeah, I mean, I hardly ever like remember even thinking like, "Wow, that was a bad play by Sandine," or "Wow, nice give like yeah. turnover or something." Like and that. like my biggest prop like issue with him, like mm-hmm. into the playoffs, like thinking about this a few weeks ago, would have been like, um, it would have been like, can he keep up with like the intensity and stuff in the playoffs? Because he's never really played in the NHL playoffs before. He's a little smaller than like a, a typical defenseman, but yeah, like. It's and then you saw what he did to Blake Wheeler and like okay yeah he'll be fine <laughs> yeah oh yeah no me too especially given like kind of the sample that we got last year where he was uh, he got like, rocked where there was a few a, times yeah yeah exactly got knocked off the puck yeah he got rocked a couple times there like yeah but no he, it definitely feels like he um, he definitely did some sort of workouts or um, he, I don't know some well sort it was of Nylander at the beginning of the season who said he got a lot bigger right 
Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So like, yeah. And like you saw like what he did, like, oh, that reverse hit was so good. Like, like I said, uh, we were talking about it on a, a few podcasts ago. Like I get like vintage Forsberg vibes there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's just, mm-hmm. oh, it's such a good move. Mm-hmm. Oh man, he, he's going to be so good for so long. I'm, I'm okay. really excited. And I, I just don't see how you take him out. He's just impressed so much. I think, like I said earlier, like Bogo will go in depending on the situation of the series. Cause like, mm-hmm. I don't think you really need like, like against the Habs, right? Like they should, the Leafs should get by them pretty easily. So like, yeah. I don't think you n- need to rush Bogosian back unless what one of Dermot or Sandine are really struggling. And then you put them in the lineup or you need like more of a physical play, like more, more of a physical player. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, um, one player that like I know he definitely gets a lot of crap, uh, Travis Dermott. I actually really, really like him. Um, because mm-hmm. I mean, I think he does, I think he does like kind of like you mentioned, right? Like both of them are capable of moving the puck out, but I mean, so I mean, he's good at that, but he's also a really good skater and he's really good with his gap control and he's really good mm-hmm. at you know, um, breaking up um zone entries and things like that he's just he's really really good i actually just i don't know i really like he does Dermot, make so. like a lot of those mistakes when you're like <laughs> yeah when like oh, yeah. it's a, like it's just he just has like a brain fart like he but and like you just like oh come on like you're just playing so well you do that but like mm-hmm. but like like he's still like relatively young too and it's just like yeah and, and like yeah like he's He's going to be, like, he, he is a really good defenseman. Not he's going to be. He is, he is really good at what he does. And mm-hmm. I think his style of play, like, really complements what the Leafs do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he'd be a perfect compliment to someone like, uh, like a Sandine as well. He's a, he's a fucking jerk, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. He's like, re- he can get real rough and he can get know, under your under skin, his. too. Like, yeah. Okay. He did it to Josh Ultrabald, who's like not even replacement level, but like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I mean, like, no, mm-hmm. yeah, no, he, I, I know what you mean. He's really, he's really, he can be really physical and stuff like that. Not really physical, but like more like the a lesser extent of like Brad Marshall. It's not like out there licking people, but like he'll get under your skin. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, but I mean like, you know, after whistles, like scrums yeah. and stuff like that, like he can kind of get under guys skin, you know, kind of, mm-hmm. I, I assume trash talk and things like that, you know, he's just, yeah, he's got, I, I see his mouth moving a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I really, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I really like him. Um, but for me, I kind of wonder if he's the guy who comes out. If one Bogosian comes back, I think it's, if they really want to put Bogosian in the lineup, I just, I don't know. It's a tough call, but it's a good problem to have because you yeah. have, because you're deciding between three really good guys here. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I, I mean, I feel like the conventional wisdom is to take Sandine out just because he's, you know, the yeah. least experienced of them and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I, I just feel like Sandine is has proven that. He, yeah. There's a higher ceiling with him. There. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. And uh, yeah, for the depth pieces, um, one, one good thing is it looks like Martin Marincin is going to be nowhere near the ice in the playoffs. <laughs> Thank God, finally. <laughs> like you have um like before Marinchin, you have Hutton, um, and then Lilligren, and then whoever yeah. comes out from between Bogosian, um Bogosian Sandine and Dermot. And, and Dermot, yeah. Yeah. And I mean even uh, I, f- I feel like I, I feel like he kind of gets slept on a little bit, but like Callie Rosen too. I like Rosen, I like what him. he brings. He's kind of like he, he plays a similar style to like Sandine. 
Yeah. Yeah. He definitely does. I, I mean, lower ceiling, obviously, but mm-hmm. yeah, he definitely like kind of has, you know, really good puck, you know, puck moving instincts. Yeah. So like, I don't know, hopefully it doesn't get to that point because that means there'd be a lot of injuries, but uh, yeah. where we need to have Rosen in, but I'd have Rosen over Marinchen probably just because I've seen enough of Marinchen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. And I mean, I don't even mind like some of the things that like Marinchen does, but for me, like Marinchen's best, like, like the only time I'd really want to play him is if we're rolling 7D and you just kind of have Marinchen out there on like the penalty kill. <laughs> Cause that's like the only, that's all that he can do like that. at a good level. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like yeah, he's actually like it's crazy because he's like an elite penalty killer, like even mm-hmm. at the NHL level. But then like anything else, it's just like he's like he's almost like unusable. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. He just yeah, and, and he can't. He doesn't move the puck well. Like he just he. I, I think Steve Dangle says it best. He just lobs grenades down the ice. Like yeah, he just he does that. Like he he's a big guy, but doesn't really doesn't have a physical play. He's a <laughs> Like that was like my whole thing last season with, or like with, with like Gautier. Cause I'm like, man, you don't really do much. Yeah. Can you just like hit somebody? Like you're so big. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, unfortunately, uh, like, like Gautier, you know, didn't bring really anything at all, like ever. I mean, he had it. He had, he a had good shifts. length, but like the reason why, like this can be said about Merchant too. The reason why they're so good on the, like they were good on the penalty kills just cause they were, just lengthy guys who just took up lanes. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there was a couple times though where I do remember seeing. Uh, I, I we're probably get into the weeds here, but uh, like Gauthier, um, I like, like he almost resembled like vintage Peter Forsberg. <laughs> like some shifts, like just for a shift, like he'd like skate down. Like he had like it felt like he got like a burst of energy and like you know he kind of like muscle guys off the puck and stuff. Marner, and, like, Marner gave him a sip of his Mountain Dew. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And he just, yeah, he just, I don't know. Yeah, he came out like the Energizer Bunny and he'd just mm-hmm. go around and just, yeah, out muscle guys around. And I don't know. Yeah. The, you, mm-hmm. you just saw flashes of that. And it was like, why isn't there more of this? Like, why why can't you pull this out of your hat every friggin' shift? Exactly. If you did this, you'd be like a third liner. Mm-hmm. So, do we want to talk about the the team that the Leafs are playing a bit, what they bring to the table, which to be quite frank, I don't really know if they bring much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're getting so cocky, man. We're going to, uh... but like, I don't have a reason to not be cocky. Like I was never like this against Boston because I knew like, like we went in like our defense up until last year was not strong at all. And like Boston just, like, like we couldn't hold a lead. And like last year it was like, whatever, like you, you were off for how many months and then came back. Like yeah. it should have won, but like you had like, what was the least shooting percentage that series? 2%. Yeah. Yeah. They were just, they could not buy a goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Like I'd never seen a lower shooting percentage before. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And I mean, that that's the one thing. That, you know, I think some people kind of forget about playoff hockey is that, you know, it's seven games and you can easily go on a skid mm-hmm. for seven games. And, you know, and, you know, I mean, in that series, it was five, but, you know, most series, right, you can easily go on a skid mm-hmm. or on a heater for seven games. So, yeah, I don't know. Here's my thing with the Habs. I think the Habs are good at keeping games close. So I mm-hmm. think inside, like, I don't know if this makes much sense, but in each game, it'll be like a close game, like close hard fought game, but the series won't be close. Yeah, no, I agree. I actually, yeah, no, I definitely really agree. I, um, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, they they can kind of turn it on for a game here, you know, for a couple periods and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And I think they could definitely squeeze out a win or two. Um, but like personally, my own prediction, I only really have the series going to like five, maybe six games. I have five, and I'll tell you how it's going to go. Okay, I have a funny feeling that and this is going to be quite hilarious too. <laughs> I have oh, a funny gosh. feeling that the Leafs are going to lose the first game. The media and Twitter is going to be absolutely atrocious. <laughs> until yeah. game two it's going to be awful terrible fire this guy trade this guy awful everything will be awful everything it, it, i don't even want to be alive for that happening i just want to go into a coma until the next game it's going to be <laughs> terrible and then they're going to win four in a row pretty easily <laughs> yeah no i definitely I agree. I, I that's how I think it's gonna go too. Because um, I have know. a feeling that the Habs will come out like they're getting like if I don't know if you saw like the expert picks and stuff, but like literally everybody's picked the Leafs to win, <laughs> and like that's like lot that's like bulletin board material, right? So yeah. so they're gonna come out of the game. They're gonna come out game one like amped as hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And they're gonna catch the Leafs a little flat footed, win that first game. Then the Leafs are gonna smarten up, and yeah. then. And then win four straight. <laughs> yeah, I could definitely see that. Um, I, I could see them losing that game, or uh, they're going to win the first three, and then lose when two. they have the ability to <laughs> clinch it, they uh, they lose on that back to back. Yeah, because the NHL, you know, decided to schedule back to back game for them. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, and I, so so I could see them, you know, winning the first three, losing on the Tuesday on the back to back. And then just coming out and like, you know, and then that's when all the, oh, no, are they mm-hmm. going to fall? Are they going to, are yeah. the Habs going to come back? And then mm-hmm. it's going to be, they're just going to put the light out the next game. Well, I don't know. Like, if, if you want to get more into detail about how the Habs play, mm-hmm. I think that they're, they're, they're a pretty sound defensively team, I'd say, with no goaltending. Yeah. <laughs> so literally just fire the puck onto the net and something will work. If you yeah. can't get if you can't get those chances because they don't really give up too many high danger chances, the Montreal Canadiens. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, their their defense though is terrible at moving the puck. Like I'm watching some games and I'm wondering like why the hell they got rid? They just put Mete on waivers for nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like, right. Mete was the only one on like the only defenseman on that team who can like do something with the puck and like to like break it out or whatever. Like I find that like and like this plays into like like that shutdown role will be so like that shutdown line we're talking about earlier will be so good at this. Like mm-hmm. just when they're trying to break out the puck, just pressure the defenseman and like the slightest bit of pressure. It's like, they don't know what to do and just fire a grenade up the ice. Yeah, no, exactly. And mm-hmm. I mean, oh, man, it's so crazy. Like I just, I mean, I made a comment about us being cocky, but yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Right. You know, we, we have them go out there against their top line, um, which judging by, what the Montreal Gazette said is Tatar, Denon, oh my Gallagher. God. Like, um, I'm sorry. I'm I'm allowed to be cocky when you have Dominic Ducharme not putting the one guy who could put the puck in the net on their team, like not in on the lineup. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he has him on the fifth line. Cole Caulfield and Kotkaniemi too, which I mean, Kotkaniemi is not that great, but, you know, it, it's still hey, a hey, young hey, player. Hey, 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 hey. An actual, a scout told me that he's going to be better than Matthews one day, so... <laughs> Hey, Grant McCagg. Oh, He's Lord. a scout, okay? Take what he says seriously. He's going to be better than Matthews. <laughs> former scout. Former oh, scout. Oh, sorry. My bad. 
There's a reason for that. The he's talking about. <laughs> um. Anyways, like, like, yeah, like I see that, and I'm like, you're telling me I can't be cocky after seeing that. Like, that's like the dumbest lineup decision I can possibly think of. Oh yeah, and especially considering they have Eric Stahl, Corey Perry, and Josh Anderson on the third line. I mean, I don't it's think just, Josh Anderson is that bad, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, he's not bad. It's just, it's kind of like the underperformance line, to be honest. Like, yeah, I mean, he hasn't performed expectations whatsoever. And mm-hmm. I mean, you got a guy who would probably be our 13th forward. Eric Stahl. Yeah, Eric Stahl and Corey Perry, who's kind of, I'll give them that he's probably similar to Simmons. But that's about it. Like it's, yeah, no, it's. And I mean, he's playing on the like, third line. He's not. He's playing on their third line, right? And like, I mm-hmm. saw that. Like, I I saw the lineup that they put out, and I was just like, all season long, the Montreal Canadiens on Twitter, like all their fans are saying how deep they are. And I look at that lineup. I'm like, the word depth should never come out of your mouth ever again. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. It's it's insane. Like they got. Mm-hmm. Like, oh man, oh, wasn't there that one tweet by uh, that Habs fan who said they had like nine t- potential twenty goal scorers yeah. in their lineup? Oh my god, yeah, that was. And then, like, it was only like four, only like four of the nine that he had said were on pace for twenty this season. Yeah, in, in it's full, like in a, in a full eighty-two. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and, and it's like Arturi Lekkinen. Paul Byron, guys like that. He like, threw what, there. What, <laughs> what, what have those guys done in their career that you looked at them and were like, yeah, those are 20 goal scorers. Yeah, no, I, I think Paul Byron maybe had the one year that was like really good, but like. Like it's an it. outlier, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's not. I mean, he's nothing, nothing special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, especially like, like Arturi, like Lettinen, like what? <laughs> Yeah, he, he's a career bottom six forward. Like he's no, he's, he's not- scored twenty goals. I'm like, like, uh, it reminds me of like how Senators fans are, how every single one of their prospects is going to be Mark Stone all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah, everyone, <laughs> everyone's going to be Mark Stone. Jake Sanderson is going to be an elite franchise number one defenseman. Mm-hmm. Um, just, it's insane. It's mm-hmm. it's insane. <laughs> Shane Pinto is not worth trading for Zach Jack Eichel. Oh my God. Oh God. Oh man. I wish we like dedicated like 30 minutes to talk about that. I think last episode. Oh my Lord. <laughs> I absolutely want to rip my hair out. It'd be a good off season thing when there's nothing to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And when we were waiting on a Jack Eichel trade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cause I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Oh, it has to like just mm-hmm. looking at everything that happened. It, it has to mm-hmm. like, he's just, I don't know. And then and, and I was talking or not talking. I was listening to the uh, staff and graph podcast podcast and Rachel Dory was talking about that. Like, Oh, you know, once you kind of lose the trust of a player in regards to his health, like you're done, you're like you're done. And I mean, Jack Eichel clearly mm. does not trust the Buffalo Sabres, you know, well, like his- this happened to another sport in another sport too. Like mm-hmm. you're not, you're not too familiar with the NFL and I'm a big NFL fan. No. Um, my favorite team, the Washington football team, uh, had a guy who's probably top three at his position. He was top three left tackle in the game. Um, um, why, why the hell did I just autumn, uh, Trent Williams? Um, sorry, his name just automatically went through my head and he was sitting out and said, he doesn't want to play for this team anymore. And he didn't really have a reason at first. It was just like, I just thought it was a contract dispute because he was expiring pretty soon. Yeah. 
um, it came out that he missed all of one season because he had he was dealing with a cancerous tumor. And the Washington medical staff didn't realize it, didn't try to get him the help that he deserved. And he went to go seek a second opinion. And they're yeah. like, yeah, this is cancer. He's got to do something about it. So he lost the trust of the medical staff and was like, and was like, yeah, I am not playing for this franchise anymore. Please trade me. Oh my God. That That's yeah, exactly that's- what I feel like this, this Jack Eichel situation is like, yeah. Right. Especially when like there, it's not even like, like that's just like straight up negligence. Right. But like, yeah, I, I mean, from a Jack Eichel, it's like, they're like very clearly being like, no, we do not want you to get surgery. And Eichel's mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, I want to get surgery. And they're just like forcing him not to get surgery. That's that's yeah. Like that, that's it. He's gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, so I just, I don't know. I, I can't see it. I can't mm-hmm. see him sticking around. So I, uh, yeah, no, it'll definitely be a really fun off-season topic to talk about so, yeah. potential Eichel trades. Uh, so, yeah, what would the Leafs game plan have to be, in your opinion, against the Canadians? Um, oh, man. I think just – so I think, like, you probably want to – I think you probably want a line match. To some extent, like you probably want the third line going out against their top line. Um, and then you probably want one of uh, the second line or the first line going against their second line. And then mm-hmm. after that, you want the other line as well as that fourth line just beating up on theirs. Because the fourth line, our fourth line can easily demolish their fourth line. And mm-hmm. I think our first or second line could, I, I think it could demolish any of their lines, to be honest. But yeah, I but like, it, it, it just, just have some fun with it, right? Like, uh, like, mm-hmm. like put like the shutdown line against their top line, which is completely unnecessary. But yeah, <laughs> yeah but, 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 but why not? Just let's, let's bully them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Why not? Why not win three nothing? Like, yeah, I, I mean, you can do it. And mm-hmm. for, for me, too, it's like it's kind of what you said. Um, you know, they're a relatively good team defensively. Um, so I think, in, in terms know, of like, I don't think they're good defensively in terms of like keeping possession away from mm-hmm. like the Leafs, but they're good at like limiting, like, like clogging up the middle, limiting those uh, like high danger chances. Yeah. And I think that the Leafs, they're not going to shoot two percent again. So, I mean, I think that they can, you know, I think that they have the skill that they don't really need to get into that, you know, into mm-hmm. that middle part, uh, especially considering Montreal's goaltending. Um, I, I think that they have the talent and the skill to, you know, mm-hmm. to, to be able to find creative ways to score. Um, yeah. And, and, and different than Columbus, because they're, they're definitely worse defensively than Columbus. Um, I definitely think that, and I think like just in general, I think they're worse than what Columbus was last year. Um, so... Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely think that. The I Leafs- mean, Columbus last year, like their whole thing was they're like a really good defensive team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then they're the, you know, they're the team that pushes it to overtime, you know, wins two one games, that sort of stuff, you know, so opportunistic. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Playing that bore mm-hmm. or boring uh, John Tortorella hockey. <laughs> Oh yeah, the only the only fun time I had watching John Tortorella is when he tried to take on the entire Calgary Flames. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and some of those uh, those those old um, when he was in New York. Oh, those sounds, those, the, the, yeah. those uh, media scrums. Yeah, those sound bites against Larry Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those were great. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. So I just think you know, just pressure, just push your off. You put put your best offensive players. I, I think you can do it against any of their lines, really. And I think you can just, you can win. Like I said, bully them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Just 
mm-hmm. yeah, make them cry. <laughs> make <laughs> them cry back, go back to the Bell Center and cry. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What about you? What do you think uh, the Leafs do to win? I just think they got to do do their thing. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think you got to change anything. It's worked all season. The intensity will pick up a bit, but they have the pieces to counter out to counter out to counteract that. And uh, yeah, just just to stick to it and do your thing. And I think that I think that's what they need to do. I don't think they need to overthink this at all. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Um, yeah. Yeah, for so, the most part. Let's end this off with some predictions. Okay. Um, who will lead the Leafs in points this series? Hmm. I think just because he's been hot uh, going into the playoffs, uh, John Tavares. And John Tavares is is, is going to be ready for a Conn Smythe. <laughs> A Conn Smythe worthy playoff run, man. Yeah, I think so too. He's uh, ramping up at like just the right time. Oh yeah, yeah. Him and Willie have just completely. I don't know. Like, they're like I don't even know really if the Leafs have like like you can say like there's one A and one B. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, pretty much. Hmm. Like you'll get goal scoring from both of those top lines. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, if they do go with um. Or, I mean, even with, like, either of our lines, you know, if they have someone like uh, Hyman, Matthews, Marner, Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander, or Galchenyuk, Tavares, Nylander, yeah, I, I mean, I think those are both, like, fairly even lines. Obviously, mm-hmm. Matthews is leagues better than everyone else on the team, pretty much. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I definitely think that a, a Kerfoot, Math or Tavares, uh, Nylander line would be, like, a top line on most teams. Yeah, it would definitely be a top line on the Habs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I talk about this a lot. Like, the Habs have, like, like their, they have the top line is, like, probably, like, a third line that's written on, on the, the Montreal Gazette. They're, <laughs> yeah. And then their, their second line is probably, like, actually a second line on some mm-hmm. teams. Um, it depends how Toffoli plays, because Toffoli's goal scoring really died down, like, in the second half of the season. Yeah, yeah, it did. It, it. I, I mean, well, because he was just he was beating up on Vancouver early in the season. Did he have like nine goals against Vancouver in like the first like six games or whatever? Yeah, something crazy like that. But mm-hmm. he just, he was just. Oh man, I did, yeah, he had like I think multiple hat tricks, didn't he? That was insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was crazy. And then like yeah, they stopped playing Vancouver, and then it just kind of. <laughs> kind of died down so i guess it depends i guess it depends on which Tofoli shows up that second line is either an actual second line or like another third line and then their yeah. third line is a fourth line and their fourth line is a fifth line yeah yeah basically <laughs> oh and it depends if they put in caulfield like i don't know why like like caulfield's like he's like like yeah whatever like on twitter there's a thing like robertson versus caulfield who's better but like it's not it's like that's not a knock on like any one of them like like caulfield's like a legitimate player like he's a good skilled player i don't know why you won't put him in oh yeah i mean i was you know you, you, i live in edmonton you know i was kind of mm-hmm. a an oilers fan i wanted the Oilers to grab Caulfield when they grabbed Broberg instead. I was like, that guy would be destroy worlds with McDavid. Oh my God. That'd be such a good line. Yeah. I mean, the guy was a goal per game, like in every freaking level he's played at, like he's just, he's incredible, Uh, but Mm -hmm. they just, yeah, they're just like, Oh no, he's going to be our 
fucking 13th forward, I guess, because they need to play mm-hmm. Corey Perry, Eric Stahl, Paul Byron, Jake Evans, you know, lacking in over him. It's just, it's so dumb. He's someone who can put the puck in the net. And like, that's like the one thing that you guys, that they struggle in the most. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Like if you could have that mm-hmm. second line instead of Armia, you put Caulfield on there. So you have like Suzuki to Foley Caulfield. That would that's be a good line. Yeah. Like a really good line, mm-hmm. or even like in that on that top line there with Tatar, like the Tatar yeah. to know that'd be really good. It's a good line. I don't know what they're. I don't know, man. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Does Anderson find himself into any games? I don't think so. No, unless it, Campbell really craps the bed. I don't think so. Yeah, Campbell will have to really stink it up. Yeah, yeah. Like my whole to... thing was maybe Anderson will get a game in the back-to-back. But to me, that doesn't make much sense because the other the, the Habs are on a back-to-back too. Yeah. So, like, the, the, the back-to-back is kind of irrelevant in that sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I Yeah, I definitely agree. And, I, and the only way that I would even see a possibility that Anderson gets a game on the back-to-back is if, uh, is if Montreal is doing that, if Montreal switch up their goalies. Yeah, but even then, like, there's not much difference between Price and and uh, Allen this season. Like, you have a bad yeah, goalie right. and a and a less bad goalie, and then, <laughs> like, yeah. just from based on how they were playing this season, and then like, there's a significant drop off at least this season in how Campbell's played and how Anderson's played. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's actually really fair. Yeah, um, yeah, and I, and I mean, Campbell has been the best goalie of all four of them, to be honest. Like, just yeah. stati- statistically, like this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he has been. Um, by all four of them, thinking you Hutchison, who actually won some playoff games last year, so who knows? <laughs> oh no, I meant of uh, Allen. Price, oh, uh, oh, Peterson okay, Campbell. yeah. Oh, I thought you meant the four Leaf goalies. Yeah. Uh, that, oh no, we definitely has this been, year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely has been. Okay, fine. We'll say of the of the six goalies that are. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Oh yeah, he's by far the best. Um. Let's see. Just uh, all right. Give your final final prediction of the series. Uh, I think Leafs win in five. I have that too. Yeah, a sweep just... is hard. A sweep, a sweep is hard. I'm, I never predict sweeps, just because they're yeah. so hard. No matter like, like no matter who is playing in the series. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Like, like you had a Columbus, you know, sweep the friggin' Tampa Bay Lightning, and people probably had it the other way around going yeah. into that series. So, mm-hmm. I mean, anything can happen. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm never going to predict a sweep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have them in five. Like, you should play a team, especially because they've played each other so often this season. Like, they know things about each other. It, it, it's going to yeah. be super hard to sweep a team this this playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, people people always throw out the whole. Oh, you know, it's a uh, playoff hockey's different, but like, mm-hmm. I mean, oh my it's not God. like the Leafs can score on the power play anyway. So I don't mm-hmm. think a lack of penalties being called is going to make oh a difference. Oh my God. I, I want to go off about something for a bit. I think you do too. I hate that whole, it's a lazy thing. And I hear everybody saying it on Sportsnet, on TSN, on, on, mm-hmm. on the sports radio stations, which are God awful. Um, yeah. I haven't heard an intelligent or coherent thought. <laughs> on sports radio in a long, long, long time, um, yeah. if ever. And it's just like, it's like, oh, I don't know if the Leafs will beat the Habs because uh, Habs are built for this. How are they built for this? They're a team that has lost in the regular season. They've lost nine more games than they won. Mm-hmm. 
That's not a yeah. team that, that's built for playoffs. The team that's built for playoffs wins the games. Yeah. What, because yeah, they're no, more no. physical? Uh, because they're more defensively responsible? What aspect are they? Are the Habs more built for this than the Leafs? Uh, I don't. It doesn't exist. The Leafs are better offensively. The Leafs are better have better goaltending. The Leafs' uh, defensive core is better at an all around game than the Habs yeah. are. the The power play is whatever, but the, the Leafs don't need to depend on the power play to win games because they're such a good five on five team. Um, and whatever the Habs bring physically, the Leafs can match this year. Yeah. No. Exactly. Like they just. It's, just, it's such a lazy narrative. It's so dumb. And and, and people like seem to have this idea that the Habs play bigger or whatever than the Leafs. But, I mean, like, it just doesn't really pan out. Like, I don't think so, at least. Like, like I just don't see the – like, people probably think that the Habs are a little bit more of an aggressive sort of team. But, yeah, mm-hmm. no, I just don't think so. And, Why, and because they have they Shea are, Weber? Like, like yeah. Because they have Weber and Perry. That's it. Yeah, right. But well, I mean, the Leafs have Simmons and Muzzin, right? And Thornton and yeah, <laughs> yeah, and right? Bogosian and Iman <laughs> and Folino. Yeah, like and like you have like those feisty guys <laughs> like, too, like yeah. Dermot. The Leafs and, can match any. Def- yeah. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, the Leafs match. Like, the Leafs match or beat them in everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mostly beat exactly. Them. Yeah, especially when it comes to uh, like like just pretty much anything. Like I just I don't see it. I don't think it makes sense to me, you know, the, uh, the, the, the aggression and stuff like that. Like, like, I just, I don't know. Like, like people trying it's, to act like Josh Anderson is going to be a difference mm-hmm. maker in the playoffs. Like, I don't think so. Dude, I just, everyone's saying how tough he is. Have you seen how easily he's been going down against the Leafs this year? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like it's just, it's not, it's a lazy narrative. It's terrible. I, I hate it. Like if you legitimately think that the Habs have a chance to beat the Leafs, that's fine. Give me an actual like legitimate like reasoning to towards mm-hmm. it other than they're built for this. Cuz that's yeah. the only that's the only reason I've heard. And that that reasoning doesn't even make sense cuz they haven't been able to back it up at all. Whenever someone says that they just blindly say they're more built than this and don't don't explain further. Yeah, yeah, they just I don't know. It's so dumb. I I hate it mm-hmm. so much and like I don't know. I I think people like I think it's just this narrative that people just have, like even when they had Matt Martin, you know, it was like, oh, you know, this team's soft, this team's weak. And it's like, yeah, I mean, they have 18, 19 year olds playing in their top six, like multiple of them. Like, of course, mm-hmm. they're, you know, not this physically, you know, this physical team, right? Like Matthews has developed a, a bit of an edge to his game now. Like mm-hmm. he's hard to get off the puck. Like, I don't care how many hits he throws. Like the Leafs are going to have the puck most of the time. I want them to keep it. And Matthews is hard to get off the puck. So is William Nylander. So is John yeah. Tavares. So is Zach Hyman. Mitch Marner's too crafty to, for like other players to try to like, like he doesn't turn it over much when he does. It's really bad, but uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, no, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. And I mean, I think that the Leafs are just, you know, and, and I think especially now, given what the changes they have made, you know, with uh, guys like Kerfoot, guys like Felino, guys like Hyman, Mikheyev, guys like all those sort of guys, Simmons, you know, they have guys who can match, you know, the physical intensity. So I just, I, mm-hmm. I don't see it as a problem. I don't think that, you know, it, it's never really stopped them before. Um, I mean, in previous playoff years, I know that there's been games and I think even full on series that they've out hit Boston or they've, mm-hmm. you know, and then, I mean, they took the Bruins, the big bad Bruins to seven games. Like, it's not like, you know, it's something that's made them 
you know, fold up and mm-hmm. you know wave the white flag because they uh because there's a team that's tough out there. No, and and the reason why they lost to Boston and the reasons why they lost to Columbus wasn't because of a lack of physicality. It was just. Mm-hmm. It was just okay. There was inexperience in the first year. I'll say that the first year they they were outplayed against Boston in 2018. I think they were just simply outplayed by Boston. Um, in yeah, 20, in 2019, I think that Babcock got severely outcoached in the back half of that series. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, and yeah. and last year it was that it was that awful god awful shooting percentage. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and, no, and, I, uh, and a lack of of good goaltending on that the Leafs got. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I agree. And like, same with, I mean, in those Boston series too. Like, one of the big differences was that, um, they, like, one of the biggest things, glaring weaknesses, was they didn't have the defense. Like, and then I said this earlier, that but like they didn't have the defensive core to move the puck. They had, yeah. you know, Riley um, a few years ago, a Gardner and guys like that, that they could, that could kind of move the puck, but the right. There's no one to like compliment them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And now they have guys who can do that and they play better defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, their like they did not statistics. The Leafs have never, the, the Leafs have never lost a series due to a lack of, of size or a lack of physical play. Yeah. And if that's what, if that's the reason, if that's the reason why you think that they lost series against Boston, you're, you're, you're stupid. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but but I'm putting it bluntly. You're stupid. Yeah. And and not to mention that team, like in uh, the, like the last team that they played or the last time they played Boston, in the playoffs, that team went to the cup finals. Like, it's not like, you know, they were just some Mm -hmm. big, bad, tough team. And that's all they were like, they're they're a really good frigging team. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And like with a really good coach there too. Oh yeah. 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 The Boston front office and like coaching staff and stuff is really good. Exactly. Like they know what they're doing there, but yeah. Anyways, I digress. That's the rant for the week. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's always, there always has to be one. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyways. So that's all for today. Unless you have anything else you want to add. No, not really. Actually. I'm going to go watch that Tampa, Florida game. Oh, man, I have it on the background. It looks intense. It looks really fun. <laughs> I did, but I had, to, I had to turn it off. I just got a little <laughs> bit too invested. In it. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, man, it, it's so physical. It's so, like, like man, like, I love the skill hockey, but, like, man, you need some physical hockey, too. It's fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my favorite. That is, because, I mean, it definitely does ramp up in the playoffs. Like, you can't deny it. Yeah, obviously, is, games, the games that, mean more. So, like, of course, it's going to get more intense. Guys are going to be playing more on the edge and stuff. So, like, it, it's just – it's it, it's competitiveness. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, and I really like that about playoff hockey. And mm-hmm. on top of that, I mean, this one's really fast-paced. Yeah, like, it, it's two really good teams. And like I said, I've said it a bunch of times this episode, I don't mind physical play when it doesn't lack skill. And that's not what the mm-hmm. series is going to shape out to be. The series is going to have all that. Plus it's going to have all that fun physical stuff. Plus like really talented players and a fast pace of play. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I- I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, that's everything. Uh, follow us on Twitter at New Era Leafs. Follow um, Gord on Twitter at Ride the Pine eighty nine, and you can find me on Twitter at Joey Conji ninety eight to help join the discussion. If you don't like something we said on the show, let us know about it, please. Just be nice. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we will see you all next week, and hopefully, talk about a couple of these wins. Oops.